Thank you for tuning into this, another episode of Travel the Bible. I am the Reverend Neil Brooks, and I would like to invite you on a journey through the Bible with me. We will travel through all 66 books of the Bible, making stops in each book to tell stories, some that maybe you've heard before and some that may be entirely new to you. Our journey continues this week with the book of Deuteronomy. This is the fifth and final book attributed to Moses and is a mix between history and law. Specifically this week, we'll be looking at Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses seven and eight and 10 and 11, starting with verse seven. If among you, one of your brothers should become poor in any of your towns within your land that the Lord your God has given you, you shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against your poor brother, but you shall open your hand to him and lend him sufficient for his needs, whatever it may be. You shall give to him freely and your heart shall not be grudging when you give to him, because for this the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all that you undertake. For there will never cease to be poor in the land. Therefore, I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy and to the poor in your land. Now from the church that I pastor, 25% of that community, and by that I mean within three miles of the church building, are living at or below the poverty line. Let that sink in for a moment. One out of every four people within three miles of that church are not making enough money to meet their basic needs. Housing, food, medical care, clothing. Within Elbert County, Georgia as a whole, 23.5% of people are living in poverty. The county has just over 20,000 people, so about 4,520 people in Elbert County, Georgia cannot afford what they need. Within three miles of the church, 1,071 people. During the service, we took a homeless offering and that money will go to help these people who are experiencing poverty and our own community who need our help. I don't know how much they gave for this offering, but I know that their generosity will make a difference for those people. We, as a small rural church in Georgia, on one Sunday morning, will not solve this problem in our community, and especially not in our country. But we will make a difference. Last week I spoke about how God uses us to answer prayers, and I meant that. Giving to special offerings like this represents a, one of many ways that we can answer the prayers of others. So let me say again, by donating to special offerings, you make a difference in the lives of others and help to answer their prayers. The work that we do in this place is so important to this community. Our church changes lives 
in large and in small ways. Now as a church, we have the responsibility to live up to God's expectations. We are expected to help the poor, as is made clear by our passage today. Now I confess, through many stages of my life, it was far easier to ignore the problems than it was to work on them. I mean this in every sense of the word. Personal problems, work problems, but especially societal problems. This past week, I was very fortunate. I had an opportunity to attend orientation at Candler School of Theology for a Master of Divinity program. I spoke with many people, clergy, laity, from all over the country and the world. Some were from Atlanta, where the school is located. Some from around Georgia. People from 23 states were represented in seven different countries. And the theme that came out from conversations with all of these people, regardless of where they were from, was that churches had to focus on their communities and what the community needed. One of the most eye-opening experiences as part of this orientation was a behind-the-scenes tour of Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta. If you're not familiar with this church, It was the church that Martin Luther King Jr. and his family served for many years. This church has been open for 137 years in downtown Atlanta, has 55 active ministries serving all different kinds of problems, of populations, helping solve problems locally and nationally. The church epitomizes what it means to serve the community to be what a church is called to be. But do you know what I find is the most amazing part? It's not their 55 ministries. It's not their 137 years of history. What I find most amazing is this church that has had such an impact for so many years started with six people. Six people and a desire to make a difference, forever change that community, the state of Georgia, and the United States. I have heard from many people at the church I'm currently serving that the church is too small to make a difference in this place. And I reject that idea. Concord is too small to solve all the problems in the world, sure. But we can still make a difference in this community. The church is already making a difference. The ministries of this church make a difference in the lives of those who live around here each and every month. Through the food ministry, we directly combat food insecurity and hunger by alleviating some of the burdens of food costs. We help families who may otherwise be facing homelessness. Through Messy Church, we are teaching about Jesus to people who may not otherwise be engaged with a church at all. This church matters in this community. We have already made a difference. By partnering with other churches through the Hope Ministry, we provide just that, hope in this community. Now yesterday was food distribution. Yesterday being Saturday, 
August 19th. I was amazed last month, and I am again amazed this month, at the impact that such a small church can have on the community. The people who work at this ministry, who give to this ministry, should be so proud of themselves for the work that goes into the ministry and other outreach efforts. We gave away over 300 boxes each month in the last two months. We fed over 700 people in July and in August. This church has stood here for almost 200 years, serving the community for almost two centuries and made a difference. In the months ahead, we will take a look at how the church is currently serving in this community and how we want to move forward. And as we do that, and as all of you consider how you can serve the community, remember the legacy that your church has, that your family has. Remember the legacy in your community. So let us continue to look for ways to better serve our community, to be better stewards of what God provides for us. Let us use our resources not for personal gain and pride, but to make a real difference in the community. Growing up, I lived in Massachusetts for several years, in an area that is fairly well off. We lived on the outskirts of the suburbs, outside of a decently large city, little larger than Augusta, Georgia. Growing up in that bubble, that little slice of the world, I was unaware of things like hunger and homelessness. As a child, I saw the world as a perfect and wonderful place where everybody had what they needed and nothing went wrong. These days, that childish naivete is gone. I see the issues in the world. But where I once was naive, I am now filled with hope and purpose. This church shows how much good can be done in the world. God has led the community to do amazing and selfless things. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 21 says, Whoever despises his neighbor is a sinner, but blessed is he who gives to the poor. Scripture commands that we give to the poor and the needy, and that we help the homeless. At that time in history, it was a common practice called gleaning. This practice was required under Jewish law and was first mentioned in Leviticus. Basically, farmers were forbidden from picking the corners of their fields or anything that fell on the ground. And this would allow the needy to go through and pick up the leftovers so that they had what they needed to survive. This process of gleaning continued for thousands of years, all the way through the Great Depression. Now this is just one of many ways that early Israelite society made sure to take care of the less fortunate. Our passage today comes from that early Israelite law. As I mentioned, Deuteronomy is the final book of the Torah, 
It was the conclusion of the law, and it is the last book attributed to Moses. And verse 11 says it all. For there will never cease to be poor in the land. Therefore, I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy, and to the poor in your land. Moses revealed to the Israelites an important truth so many centuries ago, one that still applies today. There will always be poor in the land. Our community is filled with people who do not have enough. Now that is a fact of life, and one that will likely continue for many more centuries. But the important part is what comes next. Open your hands to your brother, the needy and the poor. Just as the Israelites were in their day, we too are commanded to care for the poor. In Luke chapter 3, verse 11, Jesus says, Whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none, and whoever has food is to do likewise. This foundational truth was at the heart of the early church. As Paul was journeying through the land, he paid special attention to the poor and the needy. In his various epistles, Paul writes about how both the wealthy and the poor have to be invited to worship. He talks about how he serves the poor. In the book of Hebrews, he even mentions by name several people who are committed to helping the poor. As Christians, we are called to live by the example of Christ. Yet so often, those who call themselves Christians directly stand against what Christ stood for. Far too often, influential people stand up and call themselves Christians to advance whatever their agenda is. They label themselves as followers of Christ while actively working against programs to help the less fortunate, denying equal access to resources and telling people that they are not welcome. Now Methodists, Methodists have a long history of being socially involved. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, has many, many, many quotes associated to him. And one of them is, do you not know that God entrusted you with that money, all above what buys necessities to your families, to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to help the stranger, the widow, the fatherless. And indeed, as far as it will go, to relieve the wants of all mankind. How can you, how dare you, defraud the Lord by applying it to any other purpose? So there you have it. From Mosaic Law, to Christ, to the Epistles, to John Wesley. Again and again, we are called to serve the poor, the homeless, the hungry, and to care for our neighbors. Our society so often uses scripture to prove a point without actually looking at the rest of the scripture. If you try hard enough, you can make the Bible say a lot of things to prove your point. 
If we look at another section of Paul's writings, we can discredit most of what I have said today. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10 says, For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. Now this passage has been used many times by many people as an argument against helping the poor, the unemployed, and the homeless. Well, why don't they just work harder, is the question. Why don't they get a job? Why don't they blank? This is so often used as an argument, but it is not what Paul intended. Second Thessalonians was written after Paul received word that the church in Thessalonica believed that Christ had returned and the end of the days were upon them. Some of the church members stopped working, because why work during the end of the world? Others were taking advantage of the wealthy out of laziness. So no matter how many times somebody tries to use this passage to say that we need not help the poor, they are wrong. I'd like to ask that you all pray with me at this time. Oh, great wisdom on high. You know all that we need. You know our hearts and our nature. God, guide our hearts so that we may remember our neighbor, that we may give freely to those in need, and so that our hearts may never be hardened. Lord, you know how we can help those around us, and I ask that you make those opportunities clear this week. Show us the difference that we can make in the people around us. Show us how to spread your love in the world through you, all things are possible. We pray in the holy and magnificent name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So this week, I challenge each one of you, look deeply within yourself and ask one simple question. Are you someone who calls yourself a Christian? Or are you a follower of Christ? Listen to your mind your heart, and listen for the voice of God. If you are unhappy with the answer you discover, find a way to change it. I leave you with this benediction. Go in peace and remember that you can make a difference in this place. Amen.